Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. One, two, three. What is now? On ESPN Radio. So we're feeling like ghosts. All right, now we open up that car door. Hopped out, hope they notice us throughout society. We've been locked in that Cobra clutch. More gold bottles, gold bottles never sober up. Dick Jesus and gold, I trust. I solemnly swear to wear my cross and stuff. Separate myself by sticking out just because. That's how you illustrate power and who you're above. But nah, tonight we take it, take it, giving it back. Welcome back. No, I was now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Appreciate you for tuning in no matter how you're joining us. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? Check it out on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is on all of your various podcast hosting platforms and is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you with all of your small business networking needs. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org anytime you're in need for any type of blue and gold. We are continuing to be joined by former co-hosts of this show and one of my great friends, Ryan Tutel, on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. I want to talk just a little bit about the little brown stein, the battle for it, in fact. Number 16, Montana, at number 3, Idaho, on Saturday evening. It's on ESPN2. Kibbe Dome sold out for the first time since Idaho returned to the Big Sky Conference in 2018. We're going to hear from Jason Eck, the head coach of Idaho, in just a minute. But Ryan and I were talking on the phone earlier, and I just wanted to rehash the conversation because I think it's a good one. Guess I'll just let you uh, lead the horse to water because I thought you made such an interesting point just about the fact that if Montana goes in and gets a win, that's considered an upset. And how crazy that is that this thing has shifted that quickly uh, for both sides, both the Vandals and the Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that Montana is uh, five and one. They're a top twenty, you know, team in the nation. And even though their one loss is is a just terrible loss, uh, they obviously have a very good record and are still a sort of, I guess, middle-of-the-road nationally prominent team, which is a very good place to be for a lot of schools. But it's it's a very average place to be, I think, for the University of Montana. For sure. And when you look at it compared to Montana State, of course, uh, 
and especially now uh, Idaho, I mean, the, the two rivals, right? I mean, these are the two rivals of the University of Montana when it comes to football. And you got the number three team in the nation and a, a pretty significant favorite in this football game. The fact that that is the case, it doesn't make the outcome irrelevant, of course. The outcome matters very much. But it is a stunning place to start from, and I think that it introduces some reflection on where is the University of Montana at as a program at this moment in time, you know, and it has been surpassed. It has been surpassed, and that doesn't mean, I mean, look, man, there, the popcorn is the reality in college football, uh, especially now with transfer portal, NIL and stuff, even at the FCS level. And so one team, I mean, Idaho, for instance, I mean, they were they were dead to rice. They were almost out of a program, it felt like, two, three years ago. Sure. You get a new coach in, you got a revitalized, you know, fan base, and obviously a, a school with a long football tradition and history, and here they are a top-five team in the country, right? I mean, that that's how quickly it can happen, but it, as of right now, as we're having this conversation, Idaho is, is that team that Montana has traditionally been and isn't at this moment in time, and so that is wild. Now, obviously, if the Grizzlies go down and win the football game, Montana's like, no, we're that team. That's who we are. And they and the you know the players will believe that, the coaches will sell that, and maybe that will be true. Uh, but also it's like it's not expected that that is gonna happen, and we'll find out soon enough. But it, it's 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 an interesting reality at this moment. Like this isn't the Montana going in as favorites, gonna have a tough one on the road in a rivalry game. This is like, hey, we got a pretty tough stretch in the second half of the schedule. It starts with this rivalry game at Idaho. And if Montana doesn't win this game, it's it's a pretty bleak outlook, honestly, the last month of this season for the Montana Grizzlies. So this is, I mean, this is a huge game period. The little Brown Stein, as you talked about, which I just absolutely love. I love this game every year when it rolls around. I realize that maybe people in, you know, in Moscow are not thrilled about where they're at as a program in terms of coming back down to the FCS, but I think it's just so much better just across the board to have Idaho in the Big Sky Conference. I just think it's outstanding, and I'm looking forward to this game hugely. Well, two things there. One, I think a lot less people are less thrilled about Idaho being back in the Big Sky now that Idaho is the best team in the Big Sky, or at least at this exact moment, the second highest ranked team in the Big Sky and 3-0 and in the league. I think it's a lot easier to pallet moving down when you're good. Yeah. It's pretty hard to pallet moving down and then also getting your butt kicked still. That's right. That's a hard, that's a hard reality to stomach, but, but they, they are now good. And, uh, you know, as I've always said, they should, they, they could and should be good. And now they are good. And I think it's good for the big sky because also they're a team and a, a university in which you, you gain a ton of followers by existing in the big sky stratosphere because Nobody at Montana or Montana State likes Idaho, but they like that they exist. They love to hate them. It's another rivalry to care about. It's another real right. state school that has viable fans, viable tradition, you know, a real history. Uh, they've been good before, so I think it's a, an objective uh, win for the big sky, yeah, certainly. Louisiana Lafayette does not care that right. Idaho isn't in the Sun Belt. I mean, <laughs> Idaho has as many natural rivals as anybody in the conference because they are natural rivals with Idaho State, of course. Eastern Washington's only an hour and a half away. 
Montana and Idaho have bad blood forever, and Montana State-Idaho is also a rivalry. So it gives you four rivalries. That's Like you're saying, it's a heck of a lot better than Troy and Appalachian State and you know Louisiana Lafayette. It's a lot more uh, continuity. Okay, last thing for you, guess, and then we'll get to Jason Eck, the head coach of the Idaho Vandals. Um, there's there's only two results that can happen. The Grizz win or the Grizz lose. Idaho wins or Idaho loses. Four different results in terms of the individual teams. Which is the most impactful for that respective squad? An Idaho win or loss or a Grizz win or loss? Well, I mean, I'll just take it as I see it. I realize this is where I'm at. This is my this is my hometown, my home school. But I think a Grizz win or loss is the most impactful thing. Um, I think a Grizz win sets the table for Montana to make a run to the postseason, certainly, and all, it, it will catapult them, I think, probably into the top ten in the na- in the national rankings, and they have a bye. They get to sort of load up, play, uh, uh, you know, what you would expect to be a home win against Northern Colorado in, a, in two weeks' time, coming off a bye week, and, you know, you pers- you're possibly sitting there at 7-1 and one with, you know, a tough several games coming down the stretch, obviously culminating in Cat Grizz uh, at Washington Grizzly the final week of the season. A Grizz loss, and you're sitting there going, okay, so Montana – actually isn't as good as Idaho, you know, that those rankings were accurate or whatever, depending on how it goes. You're sitting on a loss for two weeks going into Northern Colorado. Maybe that becomes a get right game for you, but you're still now already on two losses with two for sure losable games coming up after that. Um, And, you know, maybe Montana is able to, you know, uh, win one of those two. Maybe they may, maybe they win both of those games down the stretch. Maybe they finish with a two-loss team. But I think you're asking a whole lot when when you talk about the talent that they're going to face down the stretch the last couple weeks of the season. So this becomes a monumental game for the Montana Grizzlies for Idaho. Yes. And I admit I don't know the the rest of their season schedule as it sets up for them. But they're in a very good position. They're already highly ranked nationally. They have it. They're undefeated in conference play. So, I mean, again, with a 24-team playoff, they're already very well positioned. Either way, I mean, obviously if they win, it just continues to cement the direction that they're headed as a program, both this season and in general. But even if they lose this game, this is not some sort of, like, you know, season-altering thing, where if Montana loses this game, even – even as underdogs losing this game with a loss already on the schedule in conference, you sit there and you go, okay, they're 500 and they'd be lucky to be 500 the rest of the way out, you know? And so that, that puts Montana in a very precarious spot. So this is a huge game regardless of where, which direction it goes for the Grizzlies. Certainly. I mean, it makes, if Montana loses, it makes, the rest of the season basically must wins and maybe you can drop one more, but it is, it certainly makes it difficult. You're going to have to absolutely beat Sac state or Montana state. They are in Missoula. So that certainly helps Grizz win all of a sudden Darth Vader and the death star are back. And uh, you know, then you can maybe have a ton of confidence, a ton of momentum going into those Sac state and Montana right. state games for Idaho. I think if Idaho loses then they limp into their bye week coming off of what is considered the first time they've really been quote-unquote upset since returning to the FCS. And they also have then the Cats coming to Moscow the week after that. So I think that's a dire situation uh, for Idaho. Uh, but on the flip side, if they beat Montana, another affirmation, another feather uh, in the cap uh, for the Vandals. He's Ryan Tutel, former co-host of this show, and uh, welcome back anytime. Thanks for being here, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's an absolute treat. 10 billion views on YouTube. Utterly anonymous. Never heard of him. 
He's just Macklemore. That's it. <laughs> Gotta love it. I had to confess. Uh, appreciate Ryan for being here. Let's uh, talk more about this rivalry showdown. Battle for the Little Brown Stein, one of the oldest rivalries in all of college football and particularly in the Big Sky Conference, returns this weekend in Moscow at the Kibbe Dome, number three, Idaho, hosting number 16, Montana. That's our Vandals Weekly on Skyline Sports, but also a little dual purpose this week, playing this on ESPN Radio all around the state of Montana as well. Jason Eck, the head coach of the Idaho Vandals, joining us here uh, on Vandals Weekly. Coach, appreciate the time as always. First of all, uh, what do you think of just the, the environment around this game right now? There's a lot of hubbub, a lot of hype. Uh, it's getting close to a sellout. I think probably by the time people listen to this, it will be sold out. A homecoming in Moscow, so all sorts of stuff to, to celebrate and get excited for. Uh, what do you think of just sort of the buzz that's around town right now? Uh, it's awesome. I mean, I think this is uh, you know, one of the reasons why you want to play college football, to have a uh, a game at home sold out, uh, you know, two ranked teams, national TV, you know, playoff uh, implications, conference race implications. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a big-time atmosphere, probably as good as anywhere in college football, probably a little smaller scale than uh, – you might have in the SEC or Big Ten, but I think it's going to be as good of an atmosphere as anywhere uh, in the country, and uh, you know, going to have a lot of a lot of eyes on the on the game. You know, just think of that every you know, every, every sports bar in the country is going to have uh, you know the Vandals first uh, Montana on their TV that night on ESPN too. So it's a, it's a great opportunity, great showcase, uh, you know, for our team, our program, the university, the uh, state of Idaho. Well, the way that college football has uh, you know changed and shifted and expanded and and there's all this money involved in it and there's all these different factors but the stratification and the you know sort of the the breaking off of the of the power five now into the power four and all these different things there's been like this two-sided debate right does does successful football teams that have an exposure from successful athletic programs uh, impact your university increase your university i'd say absolutely yes in those big time sec and big 10 schools but i would also argue in in the conferences like the Big Sky Conference, where you have state schools like Idaho and Montana and Montana State and Idaho State and these schools that are in rural areas. So, I mean, do you think about that? Do you think about the impact you could have on the University of Idaho as a whole with sort of the, the promotion of the brand through the lens of football? No question. Our, our president, uh, President Green, who I, who I think is a tremendous president, you know, he always says, you know, athletics is the front porch of the university. And, uh, you know, you're always going to have your legacy kids in state, things like that. But, uh, you know, I, I think having a good athletic program can uh, you can certainly open up your uh, university's uh to, to people's eyes who, you know, a kid in Coeur d'Alene, a kid in Boise, a kid in Idaho Falls who, uh, you know, maybe didn't grow up a Vandal fan, but uh, having, having a good athletics program can certainly, I think, catch some of that interest and help your enrollment to help uh, the overall health of the university. Well, let's talk about last week quickly before we preview this big-time game. You guys uh, went on the road to Cal Poly, uh, a foreign place. I, I was actually surprised when you told me last week that Idaho had never been there since coming back to the big sky down to San Luis Obispo. But you handled the trip well, uh, 42-14. I, I watched the game. looked like you guys were able to to uh, get out ahead pretty early and, and also play a bunch of guys. So, I mean, what would you think of your execution last week? What would you like about your performance? You know, I, I think it was uh, you know a solid win. Uh, you know, I think we definitely had some things that we could clean up, but uh, I think we we got through what we needed to. You know, we, we got the win. We were able to play a lot of guys and, and get a lead, get our starters out because they knew we needed to be fresh for this game and play really flat, fast against Montana. So uh, you know, good to get a road win in conference. Good to play a lot of guys and. Uh, 
you know, it was exciting to have some guys like Jordan Dwyer who hadn't gotten as many opportunities. He had two, two nice touchdowns in the game, see him make a few plays because he's a talented young man. And, uh, uh, you know, then, you know, this was one of those games where, you know, I don't think I enjoyed this one much. As soon as the game got over, I started thinking about this Montana game. No doubt about it. Jason Eck joining us here on Vandals Weekly as well as ESPN Radio. Montana at Idaho Saturday night, one of the showcase games in the league, not only this week, but also uh, this season. Uh, it's kind of the midpoint right now for you guys. 5-1 and one overall, 3-0 and oh in the Big Sky Conference. So what have been the key factors that have gotten you to this point? Well, I think we've continued to get better. I think we've uh, you know had a lot of our guys we expected to play great, played great. You know, the, the Hayden Hattons, the Giovanni McCoys, the uh, Anthony Woods, uh, Marcus Harris on defense. But, you know, we've had some other guys who we've, uh, you know, indoctrinated and, and brought in, uh, you know, whether it's TJ Ivey at tight end or, you know, some of our young old linemen, uh, some of our new D linemen have been, you know, great pieces that we've added. They've been playing uh, really well, so. You know, really, really happy uh, where we're at. But, uh, you know, this is a big, uh, uh, you know, next three weeks for us, you know, starting with the Grizz, uh, you know, this week at home. A couple uh, key statistics that stand out to me on offense, obviously so much talk about uh, Giovanni McCoy and Hayden Hatton and Tres Trainer and Jermaine Jackson, all these great guys you got. But to me, it seems like it starts with the run game, and you guys are uh, running for over 200 yards per game. And I thought Anthony Woods has been as advertised, excellent. And Nick Romano has been really, really good as well. So, I mean, how important is that to what you guys do? And, uh, I mean, how much pride does that give you as an old offensive lineman uh, running the rock like you guys have been able to? Well, I mean, you look at FCS football and, uh, you know, you know, look at the Final Four last year. You know, Montana State who could really run the ball, North Dakota State who could really run the ball, South Dakota State who could really run the ball. Uh, I knew that was an area that we had improved. And you look at our Montana game last year, you know, we were able to get the win, but we did not run the ball very well in that game at, at all. So I do think we're running the ball better than we were last year, but uh, I think this will probably be our, our biggest challenge. Uh, you know, maybe up there with Cal uh, as far as, you know, refining the way to run the ball against this Montana team because they, uh, they're committed to stopping the run. And, uh, you know, they're good at so we, we got to really play well in the run game to get that going this week. Well, defensively, you guys leading the conference in uh, passing yardage allowed and, and have been really good, especially down in the red zone as well. And they got some really talented defensive backs. Uh, how important has that been just to your defensive execution this, this year? It's been good. You know, I think we've done a, a pretty good job of limiting big plays. And I think that's been a, you know, that was a common denominator in the game we lost. You know, we, we did give Cal some, some big plays in that game. So I think that's going to be critical to do uh, this week to limit uh, explosive plays. You know, that 85 run, yard run by Gilman, that was a great play. I mean, he's a fast sucker. You get him out in the open field. And I think Montana's receivers are really good. Uh, Fontes who had a great game last week. You know, Junior Perkins, such a great returner too. Uh, you know, they had a great core there. We we definitely have to limit the big plays and make them, you know, with a younger quarterback, you know, drive the field and put together longer drives against us to move the ball. You don't want to give up, you know, two play drives where you give them a you know eighty yard run. Vandals Weekly, Jason Eck joining us, the head coach of the University of Idaho. You're also listening to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Well, let's break down then just the matchups across the board. I guess you just talked about the Montana offense, so we'll stick there for a minute. Uh, all three of their uh, top receivers seem to have really merged the last couple weeks. They're doing a pretty good job of getting them the ball in space. And, and Gilman, he's, he's definitely one of the leading candidates so far for, for freshman of the year in the league. Uh, when you look at Montana's offense, what do you see, and, and uh, how do you think you guys match up uh, with your defense? 
Well, I, I think they've kind of had a little evolution. Yeah. They, they've, they've, they've tweaked a little bit as the year has gone on. I think now they've settled in with this quarterback. I thought Clifton McDowell played very well last week. Uh, I really like their receiving core. I think White, Fontes, and Bergen are all very good big sky receivers. So you really, it's not like there's just one guy you got to stop. Uh, you know, I think the old line's solid. Uh, tight ends are solid. But, uh, you know, again, I think the. But the receivers are, are what really scares me. And then, you know, the quarterback can do a great job with his feet as well. You know, those are some big plays. Some of those quarterback draws uh, that they ran last week were, were huge plays in the game. So, uh, you know, I think they're finding their footing on offense. And, uh, you know, we got to try to take some of that footing away and not, not let them keep building off the momentum they have on offense, playing really well against a good UC Davis team last week. Well, on the other side of the ball, uh, Montana's been so good defensively, uh, pretty much always under under Bobby Houck. Uh, but it seems to me that they're doing a little bit different stuff. I know that they're running some different coverages on the back end, and and maybe a little less pressure with their inside linebackers, but still bringing a, you know an extra guy or two on pretty much every down. So um, you guys handled that pressure so well last year. I mean, you mentioned that they sort of stifled your run game, but you guys, especially McCoy, was so good stepping up in the pocket, taking the hit, and and making the throws still. So how much carryover is there, but also how much differences do you see in the Grizz defense from last year to this year? I think they're playing a little bit more coverage this year. You know, I yeah. think they have a different guy calling it this year, and so I, I definitely noticed them, you know, you know, probably a little less man pressure than, than the year before. Uh, but, they, you know, they got some great players. You know, I, I think their, their nose guard, uh, Governor's as good as anybody in our league. He's a you know, first-team all-conference type guy. You know, Braxton Hill really stands out to me in the linebacker core. He's athletic and, and big. And, uh, you know, the, the corner, uh, Gradney, really stands out to me. I think he's got some good instincts, has made some real savvy plays this year, getting those interceptions. Um, but, you know, I, I do think blocking the front is the key. You know, we got to block the front both on the run game and protection. Uh, you know, Bonnie... Uh, has done a good job extending plays for us. You know, even last year, you know, that, that 58 was such a good player. Was it O'Connell? Yep. I mean, he was, he was a great player. And on, on Hayden Hatton's first touchdown, uh, you know, he won his pass rush rep against our left tackle, like, almost immediately. And, uh, you know, Bonnie did a great job kind of stepping and extending the play and, and getting it off while he was getting hit. Uh, you know, I, I think he'll have to do that. You know, when you play these these great defenses, you're, you're not going to consistently, you know, win every one-on-one battle. And they have so many different blitz patterns. You know, it's tough to match everyone perfectly. you got to try to take away their top ones. But, uh, uh, you know, there's going to be times where he, there, there may be a guy free coming, and he's got to do a great job of extending plays. I do think he's gotten better on that, uh, you know, over the year. But, uh, you know, I think they're committed to, to, to stop on the run. And I think a lot of them, they're stopping the pass is uh, dictated on getting pressure on the quarterback, forcing some ill-advised throws. You know, they've got nine interceptions through six games, which I think is excellent by them. So that, that'll be a big challenge, I think, in the passing game. Number one is just, you know, getting things protected and uh, making sure we're getting things ID right. And the kick game, I mean, somewhere that maybe the fans don't look at as much, but that's been a place where Montana's had a huge advantage in at least three of their wins, especially last week. I thought they dominated Davis in all aspects of the special teams. So um, how much is, is that a priority? And also, I know you guys put a high priority on it as well, and you got a great you know, sort of dual-threat kicker and punter to, to sort of combat that. So, I mean, what sort of things are you looking at when it comes to special teams? Well, I think they're outstanding. You know, I, you know the uh, kind of our analytics service we, that, that we use, you know, kind of evaluating special teams. Teams units has us both as top 10 teams in FCS football on special teams. So I think this is going to be a uh, our biggest challenge you know, we've had. And uh, I think it really starts with Junior Burke, and he's a tremendous returner. What, what a great player he is. And he hurt us last year. You know, he uh, 
made a nice touchdown catch on offense, but then he also uh, had some big returns that, that affected field position, and that no question that was a huge edge in the uh, Davis game. So we got to do a great job on teams. I've been happy with where we're at on special teams. I think we've improved on special teams this year, but uh, this will be our biggest challenge, particularly against their punt return and kickoff return unit. Well, the Kibbe Dome sure to be rocking on Saturday night. Jason Eck, the head coach of the Idaho Vandals, joining us here on ESPN Radio, as well as the Big Sky Breakdowns, our Vandals Weekly, which we do uh, each week here on Skyline Sports. And uh, we'll repurpose a lot of this on ESPN uh, as well. Coach, just last thing for you then. Obviously, the uh, the magnitude of the matchup is uh, well known. So handling all that's going to be a huge part of it. What else is going to go into this, though? What are the keys for Idaho if you're going to come out with a win against a ranked Montana squad? You know, one, we got to play really hard. Is, you know, one of the best things I can say about this Montana team is I think they do battle and play their ass off. They play really hard. They got a lot of pride. So we got to play really hard, and then it's execution. You know, even though there's uh, there going to be more people in the stands and uh, that, you know, you, you got to be the more disciplined team who can execute better. So the recipe is really the same as a game when you have, uh, uh, you know, two teams that aren't very good playing. Uh, you know, it's who's going to execute better in that moment. You got to stay focused on doing your job and not get caught up in the atmosphere. There you go, Jason Eck here uh, on ESPN Radio. Coach, appreciate the time, man, and I look forward to seeing you on Saturday, but best of luck. Thanks, Walter. Well, I uh, have been informed that if I do, in fact, bet on the Phillies tonight, that uh, my wedding proposal and uh, subsequent acceptance might be rescinded. So uh, we'll see. See what sort of decision-making goes into the next couple hours. Uh, Welcome to on us now. Thanks to Jason Eck, University of Idaho head coach, for joining us. We'll talk all things NFL. That's what I'm definitely going to put some monies on. Uh, there's some interesting lines. I'll try to guess them. I actually haven't looked at the lines. I just know there's going to be some interesting lines because it's the National Football League. The only line I do know is tonight's line, the uh, Chiefs minus 10.5 in Kansas City against the Broncos. Andrew will pick a couple other lines for us to analyze. And uh, for me to guess, all football all the time. Presented by Sports Bet Montana. Right after this, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. Oh! It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's all football all the time. Presented by Sportsbet Montana. We're almost always joined on Thursdays by Brooks Nuanas, my brother and our uh, NFL aficionado. Except for right now, I gotta I gotta actually check the uh, the specifics of his location. He is currently in 
Dinant, Belgium. He told me earlier today that uh, in Belgium, I did not know this, they do not have any salad dressing of any sort besides mayonnaise. They put mayonnaise on all of their salads. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, what kind of salad dressing do you think they eat here? I was like, I don't know. Italian? That would be ironic. He's like, nope, not Italian. Nope, not ranch. Not vinaigrette. There's no honey mustard. Nope, it's mayonnaise. <laughs> so they don't even have ketchup or anything. I just thought it was ridiculous. Anyways, Brooks is on the other side of the world, and uh, he'll be back soon, and uh, really hope he's enjoying himself. I'm sure he is. How could you not be? He's basically going around to all of the great beer and wine drinking uh, places that there are, because that's what he does for his day job when he's not moonlighting as an NFL uh, insider for us. Uh, all right, let's do a little guess the lines. Sportsbet Montana has kiosks all across the state of Montana. They have a new interface. It certainly has taken some getting used to, but, I mean, that's like everything in technology. When it's new, it's usually difficult, and then once you figure it out, it's usually better. So uh, it certainly is better, and uh, hopefully you're getting used to it as well. But if you want to find where a kiosk is, go to Sportsbet Montana's website and uh, just click on Locations. Uh, all right, Andrew, I only know tonight's line because I looked it up because I was uh, contemplating before divorce was threatened uh, that uh, pairing the Chiefs minus 10.5 with the uh, Philadelphia Phillies money line, we'll see. Uh, I probably want to stay married, but uh, yeah, I haven't even gotten married yet. I want to get there first. You, you can't even get divorced before you get married, so you'd be like setting the world record. <laughs> yes, yes, I and, can't And all I because of Bryce Harper. Yes, yes, I can't do that. Um Plus, I just like the Braves. The Phillies are cool. I think the Phillies are cool. They're really fun to watch. I just, I really like this Braves team. You know how it goes. You, you see one of these all-time great teams in person, and you're just like, well, that was a cool moment for me as a sports fan, and, and they're just awesome. So, uh, okay, let's talk about the Lions tonight. Or not tonight, but the uh, the rest of the week, though. Um, you, you could just rapid fire me. Whatever uh, game you want to look at, you, you tell me. Yeah, we don't have a ton of time, but I want to start. Uh, I'll just go through them kind of chronologically and sure. pick out the ones yep. I like in each window. Yep. Uh, starting with the international game this week, the mm-hmm. Ravens and Titans are over yep. in London. Yep. Uh, yeah, Ravens-Titans, neutral field. So the Ravens totally blew it last week in Pittsburgh. I won as much money as I've ever won last weekend, and I would have won. It would have been definitively the most money I've ever won if it wasn't for the Ravens losing to the Steelers. That killed about three of my tickets. But um, mistake ridden. Lamar Jackson was not good in the fourth quarter. He looked checked out, which is weird. He does that sometimes. Sometimes he looks like the best player in the NFL, and then other times he's checked out. I think that's why he has critics. But he still has that ability to be one of the best dudes in the league. The other detail worth knowing about this game is that the Ravens left on Monday. They went over there to get acclimated. Marty Mornaway, who worked for the Baltimore Ravens, he told us the story about how the first time the Ravens, led by John Harbaugh, went over there. They went over there you know, right before, and they practiced right away, and then they just had less than a day to get acclimated, and they got smoked. So Harbaugh obviously learned, and he's had them over on the other side of the pond. And uh, Tennessee, it, Tennessee's a, a weird one to me, man. They're, they're sort of a mystery. They're, just not, they're not... They're not as good as you want them to be. They're not bad either, but I do think the Ravens, despite their uh, tough loss last week, I do think that they are um, still pretty good. So I'm going to say the Ravens are favored. I'm going to say, oh, man, I'm going to say Ravens minus four and a five, four and a half. Yeah, that's close. They're three and a half point favorites. There you so, go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, so they're thinking it's about a field goal game. Field goal with a hook. Okay. Yep. I, I you know, I, I think that that's a pretty good one. And uh, 
I don't know. I, I've stayed away from these international games all year because I do think that they're kind of like the Thursday night games. Yeah. And Thursday night, here's my advice. Thursday night, if you got a mismatch, absolutely bet the favorite because it's going to be so hard for the non-favorite to win. Just like tonight. Like, the Broncos just have no chance against the Chiefs. Get the Chiefs' money line and pair it with any other game you think, and then you got some juice going into the weekend. I'd stay away from the international games because they're just sort of unpredictable. All right, what else we got? What do we got in the morning slot? Yeah, rolling into the morning slot. Uh, well, okay, let's go to the, the Vikings at the Bears. <sighs> Vikings haven't been good. The Bears are coming off of their absolute best performance of the season. I don't know if that's sustainable, though. It's, is it in Minnesota? Uh, it's in Chicago. <sighs> Man. The Vikings are still favored in this. Oh, I've stayed absolutely away from this game because this is just like one of those ones where you bet the Vikings because you think it's going to be one of the five wins that they get and then they lose. Or you bet the the Bears and and then the Vikings have a great game and it is one of the five games they win. I'm staying away from this game, but I'm going to say the Vikings are five-and-a-half-point favorites in Chicago. They are not. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites in Chicago. Yeah, they're not even getting the full field goal. Wow, 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 wow. Skip that one, folks. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else we got? Uh, we got, I, I think this is an interesting one. Saints are at the Texans. Saints at Texans. Saints have been disappointing this year. The Texans have been among the most surprising and great teams in the league. I'm not ready to call them great, but I thought they were going to be the absolute worst team in the NFL, or at least the worst team in the AFC. And uh, they haven't been. They've been, they've been good. I'm going to say the Texans at home are two-and-a-half-point favorites. No, people are still on the Saints. Texans still a home dog this week, only by a point and a half. Give me that one. Give me that one. Give me that home dog. You like that one. I do. I do very much. The Texans, are they got some juice. Here's the thing. C.J. Stroud is that guy, man. He is really, really good. He's playing with a ton of confidence. Um, Yeah, that's a a spicy one. I like what the Texans are doing right now. D'Amico Ryan's got them playing really hard. Yeah, and they've got the they've got the young quarterback man. C.J. Stroud's looked really, really good. Yes, yes, he he's looked exceptionally good. He's making Carolina and Indianapolis uh, wondering why they didn't figure out to draft him. All right, for all the uh, for all the Seattle fans, uh huh. Seahawks are at the Bengals this week. What do you have that one as? Oh, I thought it was Cincinnati at Cleveland. Uh, it's Rams at Seahawks, I think. Right? Seahawks at the Bengals. Let me see here. I'll look up a. I, I have I'll look schedule. up a secondary source. Okay. Seahawks are at the Bengals 11 a.m. this morning. Sportsbet Montana and Google are both telling me that. Okay. Oh, they are. Okay. It's sorry. It's the 49ers that are at the Browns. I have two different schedules here. Uh, one said uh, Cincinnati at Cleveland. That's incorrect. I think that's a carryover actually because they've already played once this year. Um, okay. Seahawks at the Bengals. Oof. The Bengals have been disappointing so far, but they are coming off their best win of the year. The Seahawks are, I mean, they're just, they're just are what they are. They're just pretty good. I am going to say, man, the the book, the, 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 the odds makers still like the Bengals, even though they have struggled. And I thought Joe Burrow looked way more healthy last week. I'm going to say Cincinnati's a favorite at home. I'm going to say, I think it's going to either be minus two and a half or minus three and a half, just depending on where they want that hook. Yep, you got it right on two and a half. So uh, with the home field advantage, three points, right? That's basically a toss-up of that game. Yep, that's right. Uh, that's about everything I want to look at in the morning, although okay. uh, how, how big a favorite would you guess the Dolphins are over Carolina? Oh, man, 11 and a half? 13 and a half. See, okay, so here's another betting strategy for you. The, the Dolphins are one of the five or six best teams in the NFL. The Panthers are one of the three worst teams in the NFL. 
NFL teams, except for the New York Giants and the New England Patriots, don't lose by three touchdowns. They're, they're, even if they get completely destroyed, they're going to lose by 15, 16, 18 points. So if you get a line like that where the straight-up line is minus 13 and a half, go in there and bet the team that's the big-time underdog, like plus 21 and a half. You can get it up that high and put that in some parlays because Carolina, again, they're awful. But are they really going to lose by three full touchdowns? It takes like a complete calamity to lose 40 to nothing like the Giants did, you know, in primetime the other week. So, I don't know. I, I think I kind of well, uh, like that one. All right, what else you got? Yeah, you got to be the New England Patriots to lose like that. Colter, exactly. Patriots br- and Giants. Which brings us to, uh, I don't really like this schedule this week. There are not a ton of great games. Patriots-Raiders is not a good game. No, it's not. But it's two very big brands, and they're playing yep. in the afternoon slot here. Yep. So it's Patriots at Raiders. What do you have for that one? Oh, boy. Um <laughs> The Patriots are just so bad. But the Bucs still isn't completely dogging on them like they are the Panthers and the Cardinals and stuff. So I'm going to say I still think Vegas is favorite. I actually know Vegas is favorite at home. I am, But it's Belichick versus Josh McDaniels. I'm saying the, the Raiders are four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. They're under a field goal again, two-and-a-half. Wow. Yeah, I, I might hammer the Raiders on that one too. The Patriots just are just stinking it up. That was the last time they scored. The it's, last time they scored a touchdown has been they, they how many touchdowns did they have the last couple weeks? One. I read I mean, a stat that said in their last thirty drives or whatever, their thirty drives on offense, they yes. are being outscored by the other teams twenty-two to three <laughs> when they are on offense <laughs> because Mac Jones has been throwing pick sixes. Oh. Man, it's only funny because Patriots fans were just so smug and hard to even deal with for so long. Uh, all right, probably time for uh, a couple more. Um, throw me the uh, throw me the primetime games. What do we got on Sunday night? What do we got on Monday night? And then we'll be we done. It's all football. It's presented by Sportsbet Montana. Sportsbet Montana has kiosks all across the state of Montana. Uh, we're here to help you familiarize yourself with all of it. The betting lines, the spreads, the money lines, the totals, and all that sort of stuff. Appreciate Sportsbet Montana for bringing you our NFL conversations each week. All right, uh, what's what's Sunday night? Is it Giants-Bills? Yeah, we got a dog of a game on Sunday night, oh but we God. have a decent game on, on Monday night. Yes, okay. Giants at Bills on so, Sunday night so, football. Again, more advice for you. Here is what people always ask me. How does the... Because it, when you're playing the gambling machines at the casino or whatever, the house has such a huge advantage because it's a, a computer-designed algorithm that's designed for you to lose, right? It's pure luck to win on the Kino machine. It's pure luck and timing is what it takes. Sports gambling, you have a significantly bigger advantage against the house because you are the one making the decision and you're using real knowledge and real numbers to do it. But where the house gets you is they snare you in by saying, okay, the Bills are one of what, the three or four or five best teams in the league? The Giants are one of the worst teams in the league. Okay, let's make the Bills. I'm going to say that I think they probably have the Bills at more than more than two scores. I'm going to say 14 and a half. 14 and a half is dead on. See, that is, see, this is what I'm talking about. The Bills are going to win this game. They are. Do not bet Bills 14 and a half, though, because then they'll go win by 12 and you're going to lose your money. Tease the Bills all the way down as low as you can. Tease it down to three and a half or two and a half if you can get it there and pair it with another one. Like here's a good pair for you. This is there's a bet for you. Chiefs money line tonight or Chiefs minus one and a half tonight if you can tease it down that low. And the Bills, as low down as you tease it, pair them together, you probably get two to one odds. 
boom, 20 to win 40, you're sitting good. Uh, Monday night, what is it? Uh, Cowboys Chargers. Yeah, Cowboys at Chargers. Uh, so I, I will say this. I do know the over-under for this game because I'm in a pick league, and they, they have us pick the score of the Monday night game for the tiebreaker. So I know that the over-under in this is 51 and a half. 51 and a half is the dream over-under in the NFL because the most common score in the National Football League is 27 to 24. So it's a perfect number because you can tease it one way or the other, manipulate a little bit, and still get pretty good odds. I think the over will hit in this barely, and I think that Dallas is probably two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half point favorites on the road coming off that absolute butt-kicking they experienced by the 49ers. Dead on. Two and a half. Yep. Chargers, uh, a home dog. I kind of like that one because Dallas also sort of has that propensity to fall apart in those primetime games. Yeah, totally. If it wasn't the Chargers, I'd like it. No too. doubt. <laughs> Beth, here's the thing. You want to bet Monday Night Football? Bet the over because here's the thing. The Chargers are going to they'll they'll get up, up big early and then they'll blow it or they'll get down big early and they'll rally and then it'll come down to some sort of kick or clock management situation and the Chargers will inevitably screw it up. But then they're playing the Cowboys, so they'll also probably screw it up. And then and who knows what's going to happen. All football all the time presented by Sportsbet Montana. We'll get you set up for the uh, rest of the week. Don't change it now. Keep it right here. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Need a place to watch college football on Saturday, specifically the Grizz in Moscow. Head on down to the Silver Slipper. Silver Slipper has 55 TVs for you to watch all the sports, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, college football, or Major League Baseball. Silver Slipper will have it on for you. Drink specials every day, 20 keto machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team. At the Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Miss anything in the show? You can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grills all the time, and the MSU Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold. On game day or any other day, visit msubookstore.org. Tomorrow, I will be on my way to Moscow, but that's okay. We'll have a full-fledged Nuanas now, and you'll hear me, Coulter Nuanas, on it from start to finish. Myself and Rajim Seabrook will go all the way around the wide world of sports. We'll talk high school sports, college sports, and the NFL. We will uh, also talk about a variety of other, uh, probably, culturally pertinent topics. Carol and the Chickens Doesn't Know Sports, same deal there. A wide range of topics for you. We'll also have an excerpt from the uh, upcoming latest Big Sky Breakdown analysis podcast. Myself and Andrew Houghton breaking down the uh, Idaho and Montana game, plus going all the way around the Big Sky, so we'll have that for you. Also have our Garden City Spotlight, and we'll also uh, have just a prep hot ticket. Speaking of prep hot ticket, there's a bunch of Thursday games tonight. One interesting one is in Anaconda. 
Our good buddy Blake Hempstead from Copperhead Country. He is uh, one of our photographers at Skyline as well. He and I will be going over to Moscow together. But he has copperheadcountry.org, which is a great place where you can stream all Anaconda High School sports from. Uh, he's on the call tonight because Anaconda hosts Loyola. Why is this interesting? Loyola's one of the top five teams in Class B. Anaconda's uh, nowhere close to that. But Anaconda's coming off their first win over Whitehall last week. And Whitehall pushed Loyola all the way into overtime. So this actually might be more competitive than you think. If you want to check out the game, the Rams are uh, there in Anaconda. And you can find it at copperheadcountry.org. Excited for the weekend with Blake. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks to Jeff. Thanks to everybody else uh, for tuning in. We're rolling right into it. National League Divisional Series. Atlanta at Philly. Next. Don't change the dial. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. This has been Nuanas Now. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.